Welcome to another edition of Startup Nation's Ask the Expert with Kapnick Insurance Group. I am Michael Spath, filling in for Jeff Sloan here. And joining me today is Russ Richards, who leads our real estate practice at Kapnick Insurance Group. Russ, thanks very much for joining us. Yeah, thanks for having me. Well, Russ, big picture. So someone hears the term real estate practice or real estate insurance. Big picture, what are we talking about? Yeah, so, I mean, real estate, I think when people think of real estate, it kind of crosses sort of both sectors of business and personal. I think a lot of people think real estate, they think of their homes. All businesses have real estate. When we think of real estate and insurance space, we're talking about buildings, land that either individuals or business owners own, and really utilize those assets to generate income for themselves. Yeah, I mean, anything from, I mean, just where you have your office, right? I mean, headquarters, you know, the you, you think about like the, the big three of, of the Detroit area and all of them have a big headquarters somewhere, whether it's in Dearborn or Auburn Hills or downtown Detroit or something like that. And so those buildings they're in for a lot of businesses and we could stick with the big three. I mean, they have manufacturing plants, right? And it's like those plants, what they're producing, you know, those buildings are all part of the real estate practice. I mean, I'm looking out the window here at Startup Nation and I don't know, there's a lot of corporate buildings here. And so what is it that you are looking to ensure when you're talking about real estate in terms of the building? Is it the building itself? Is it the land around the building? Is it what's inside the building? Kind of take us through what are we talking about insuring? Yeah, when we talk about real estate and and what we're insuring is really, I guess you touched on a couple of those key points. So we're insuring the buildings, what we term real property. So the building, the contents that are within that building the structures that are on there that may not be the buildings. So you think of like signs and walls that some locations have. All of that's sort of included what, what we ensure. One of the things between building and content, sometimes people get a little bit confused on, on the difference. But what is that? I think, you know, I think a building, everything in the building is covered. Sort of a good example that I always use is if you take a building and you're able to flip it upside down, whatever loose things fall out of it, those are your contents. What doesn't fall out, that's your building. Okay. So like maybe HVAC and air conditioning and heating, some of that built into it is the building. But I mean, here I'm sitting around, I've got, we're, we're sitting at a table, we've got whiteboards, we've got uh, TVs, although the TV is mounted to the wall, but TVs and computers and things like that, all that stuff, furniture would fall out if we flipped this thing upside down. And so that would count as your property. Exactly. And, and obviously, so when you're talking about real estate and you're insuring the building, the term that we use is replacement cost. And so, yes, if I'm looking at some of these things, like if something came through a fire or, you know, a tornado or, you know, there was uh, water damage and your building got damaged and you, hey, we had to move out. We had to start all over again, especially if a fire rips through and like the, takes everything down to its studs. So what is replacement cost? How do you calculate that? What are some of the things that you need to know from a business owner or the person who owns the building in order to get those numbers? Yeah, so replacement costs, when we talk about replacement costs, that is really a lost settlement. That is how the, the insurance companies determine how they're going to, when you have a situation of a loss, like I say, we'll use the example of a fire, how are they going to pay out on that claim? So there's a couple of different ways that they do that. There's actual cash value, and that's really the value of the building minus depreciation. Replacement cost is they'll replace your building with like kind and quality materials. So if you have a frame building with drywall, 
they will replace it with frame and drywall. So it's important to have replacement cost on your insurance policy. You don't really want to go with the actual cash value. The whole purpose of insurance is really to put you back whole the second before that loss happens. And replacement cost does that. And to your question on sort of how that replacement cost number is generated, there are certainly softwares out there that we put the building characteristics. So you think of the year that it was built the type of construction that it is. Is it frame? Is it masonry non-combustible, which is, you know, brick and square footage? It's certain things like that that go into a formula that really generates the total replacement cost value. It's not an exact science. It changes with cost of materials and trades go up. They fluctuate. So it's really important that for business owners that they pay attention to that number and work with us on making sure that we have adequately insured Russ, uh, one of the things that whenever I'm working the prospect and I always ask them, and I understand it, but I hope you can explain it to people is we always ask about how old the roof is. And ideally it's less than 20 years, ideally probably less than 15 years, the newer, the better. Same with electrical and plumbing. We always ask how old it is. And someone might say like, well, the building was built in 1954. I don't think there's been any updates. I mean, okay. So 1954, or it might be 1980. We'd rather have 1980 than 1954. As the older things are, what are the bigger exposures that are there? Yeah, so, you know, the older the building it is, the roof, the electrical, the plumbing, really the higher likelihood that you're going to have a potential loss. And it's backed up by data and statistics of that. I mean, if you think about it, uh, I just think of a car analogy. You have a 1984 car driving down the road, and then you have a 2022 vehicle next to it. Which one's likely to have something go wrong in, in the engine and break down. It's going to be the older one. And it's, and it's the same way in, in buildings. So you have an older roof and it's been out in the conditions and weather and, and it's been deteriorated. There's a higher probability that there's going to be a leak in your roof causing a loss. Same thing with electrical. Older electrical, there's a higher likelihood that you could potentially have a fire from your older electrical being overloaded. Plumbing. Same thing, older plumbing that hasn't been updated. You have a higher likelihood of cracked pipes and having water loss. And so uh, the carriers, they look at those things, and really it comes down to the probability of having a loss and what that looks like of what they would have to pay out on a loss. Russ, uh, let's talk about this too. In terms of leasing a space, how is it different if you are, I'm looking at this building that we're sitting in here right now at Startup Nation. How is it different if I'm the person, I'm just a tenant when it comes to insuring the building versus if I'm actually the person that owns the building? Yeah, so that really comes down to the contract between the landlord and the tenant. What does that contract look like and who does it place the risk of the building coverage on? And so more times than not, the landlord who owns the building, they will have the coverage in place for their asset, their building. And then as the tenant, you basically cover all of your contents, all the things that are within that building. But the one exception being sometimes there's a build out within the space, right? And so you might walk into a building and say, hey, here's this, uh, you know, 4,000 square feet of open space. But if I then build out and I create offices that are blocked off from other parts or I do built-in type of things, I would be responsible for those things that I've added to the building. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's coverage called tenants, improvements, and betterments, and that really covers the build out. So even as a landlord, you want to make sure that in your policy, you do have coverage for the tenants, improvements, and betterments, because there's a chance that that tenant leaves, and then 
you still want to have coverage in case you have a fire after that. It covers the design that they've done with the space. Um, but yeah, as a tenant, you also want to make sure that those build-outs can be very costly. Make sure your policy covers those as well. The other half of real estate practice here, Russ, is the liability side. And so we're talking about all the replacement, and you want to make sure that if anything happens and you had to start all over again, that you'd be, as you said, made whole. But in terms of liability, and I always, I mean, I think the easiest thing is to say, hey, we live in Michigan and it snows and there's ice. And if you've got a customer coming to your place and ooh, they slip on the ice out in front, you're going to be held liable for that. Or you could be held liable for that if that person decides to follow through on it. And so talk to us a little bit about the liability side of it, how important it is. And is there a certain limit? Is it like a standard? How do you go up in those levels? Yeah, I mean, so to your point in Michigan with the the winters that seem to be longer and longer, biggest exposure when it comes to real estate is slip and falls that are centered around typically the ice and the snow. You do also have some exposures outside of that, whether, you know, it's cracked sidewalks, you have maybe some potholes in, in the parking lots or those type of things. Those are also hazards that on the liability you have to really pay attention to and, and, and try to mitigate those as much as possible. When it comes to liability coverage and limits, the standard primary general liability is $1 million per occurrence, $2 million aggregate. Aggregate just really is, means a bucket of money. So you have $2 million that you start off with every year. Each occurrence has a maximum of $1 million paid out. So that's really the standard primary liability, but we always advise our clients that that's not enough. We are in more of a litigious society, and so... The million-dollar policy is generally not going to be enough sometimes. And so we really you know, encourage at a bare minimum to buy a $5 million umbrella liability that would go over that primary $1 million and then go from there. We can build up to $10 million, $15 million, 20. You can go all the way up to however much you'd like to purchase. All right, Russ, uh, from Kapnick Insurance Group, you can uh, learn much more by going to Kapnick.com and Russ, period, Richards at Kapnick.com. Russ, final thing for you here. I mean, how important is it to work with a agency like Kaepernick Insurance Group? You know, we were talking before the podcast. Every year we look at it and say like, okay, right now in the state of Michigan, it's expensive to build. I don't think Michigan's unique in that way. Labor is harder to come by. Materials are harder to come by. You might have three years ago put a replacement cost. I got $5 million to replace my building. If you haven't updated that in three years, and you have some type of loss, you might find like, oh my goodness, it costs $8 million to rebuild right now. So how important is it to constantly be aware of that and to work with someone like Kapnick that is going to be looking out for you on your behalf? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's crucial. At Kapnick, we pride ourselves, we specialize in certain verticals in real estate being one of them. And what that means is we have a team of 15 people who all they do day in and day out is work on real estate risk. So we understand the exposures that our real estate clients have. We understand the insurance companies and what they want, what they need, so we can negotiate better pricing for our clients and understanding the trends that we're seeing that affect our real estate clients. So we're in that day to day. And if you don't have a team like that behind you that really taking a look at um, all aspects of the insurance. You know, that's a problem. We'd be more than happy to work with you and, and take a look at your program. All right. Thank you, Russ. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Mike.